You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hey there, my fellow traveler. Rob and Carrie Stewart here from the Creating Magic Vacation Studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. Welcome to Travel Talk Weekly. This is episode number 102. Original air date, September 21st, 2021. And thanks for tuning in this week because I'm super excited. We are talking all about the girls. Girls getaway, that is. This show is going to be very different from our other shows in the past because I'm actually going to interview Carrie about girls trips and she just got back from one last week. But first, we do have some travel news. We are just over a week away from Walt Disney World's 50th celebration. And we've been calling it either an anniversary or a birthday. I've been calling it anniversary. That's true. And Disney's not calling it a birthday either. The title is The World's Most Magical Celebration, and they are calling it the 50th anniversary. We will be there for the biggest day in the history of Walt Disney World since it opened. And we are going to be doing some live video. I can't wait, but it's also going to be crazy town. We're looking forward to seeing a few of our agents and also some friends and podcast listeners as well. In travel news, the main topic continues to be vaxxed or unvaxxed, or really vaxxed versus unvaxxed. I've said this before, and it's getting even more insane as time goes on. Unvaxxed people do not care if someone chooses to get the shot or shots or boosters, whatever. But many, not all, but a ton of people on Facebook are demanding that everyone get it. I just don't understand. They are going off on people that they don't know. And one of the controversial companies that people are talking about, because we see a lot of this on Facebook, is, of course, not just Disneyland, but really Walt Disney World. And the fact that they're mandating or making it so their cast members have to either get the vaccine or get fired. Well, and it's definitely going to affect the world of travel because the White House is trying to mandate that all employers with over 100 employees either get their people vaxxed or make them take weekly tests. And this is actually affecting hundreds of travel companies, not just a few, and tens of thousands of people that work in our industry. I mean, think about it. You got the hotels, you got the airlines, you got tour companies. You have the resorts, you have even the little, you know, even the little family restaurants in the tourism areas, all these businesses, the shops that sell things, especially in the ports of call and cruises. You know who is probably making out like a bandit? Airbnb, because they don't have to require any of that stuff. I know. And what's really hard about traveling right now, though, is how often things are changing. If you do want to cruise, at least in the near and foreseeable future, you need to be vaccinated. The cruise lines have been clear on that. And trust me, it's not what they want to do. It's because they're being forced to. I have many high-level friends in that industry. and Believe me, they're saying, hey, we didn't want to do this. Obviously, I'm not going to name any of them publicly, but they said, we didn't want to do this. We're being forced to do it. Otherwise, we can't even operate. Now, keep in mind, the cruise lines, most of them have been shut down for a year and a half. And the ones that are operating, are not operating all of their ships and at a reduced capacity. There's no way they're making money at this. Yeah, they just want to get back to travel. And if you do want to travel and you are not vaccinated, your choices are getting limited. Maybe there are a few islands in the Caribbean that are still welcoming unvaccinated visitors, but it is going to continue to change all the time. Europe, definitely, I would say do not go over there unless you are vaccinated at this point. And really, the best choice is going to be going to some 
domestic destinations. We have a lot of really good ones in the U.S. Though. We do. And if you do plan to travel internationally in the near future, we cannot stress enough the importance of working with a travel advisor to make sure you're completing all the extra steps, make sure you have all of the knowledge, and very, very importantly, you got to have travel insurance. And you must be able to be patient and roll with the punches. That is true. You have to be patient, yep. <laughs> flexible, and not get flustered easily. Yeah. So let's talk about something more simple. This week's main topic, and that is girls trips. Now, this is something you've been doing for a long time. It's been a yearly tradition since long before we started dating back in 05. Yes, it has been a very long time. And maybe it's just me, but I don't do a guy's weekend. Like if my memory serves me, which a lot of times it doesn't, I haven't done a real guy's trip since college or maybe right after college. Me and my friends would either go skiing in Colorado or drive to Daytona Beach. Now keep in mind, we lived in St. Louis. So these were not short driving trips. Like we can be at the beach, the tiny little one by our house in like two minutes. We can be to St. Pete Beach in, you know, 20. So we live by the beaches. But but living in the Midwest, you wanted to go skiing or come to the beaches, you had to drive a long way. And as college kids, we were not flying. And I think that that's just the way men and women are, though, is women like to get together. They like to go and have their little lunches and do kind of that female bonding. And guys, I think they're fine if they just, hey, you know what, we'll just go sit down for a beer and watch a game. It's funny you say that because last week while you were gone... I went and you know, my college roommate lives here in the Tampa Bay area. I have not seen him for years. And finally I said, hey, you're going to be in this area. Let's go grab a beer and some lunch. He's like, yeah. And it felt so good just to sit down. But it's not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's you. Oh, I haven't seen you so long. It's like, yes, yeah, grab a beer, stay updated on you know what each of us are doing and stuff like that. And we said, yep, let's do it again. Yeah. But you're not planning a weekend. No. <laughs> so to mix it up this week, we thought it would be fun to do an interview style. So for the first time, Rob is going to interview me and we'll see how we do. And it's kind of funny because we've both been interviewed, having our TV show, working with the cruise lines, working with uh, tour operators and creating video. We've been interviewed and we've done interviewing, but we've never interviewed each other. I know. Maybe I'll come up with a topic where I can interview you. We'll Ooh, see. Yeah. This Only could, if you do a good job. This could be exciting. <laughs> Let's start with an easy one. What do you consider... A girl's trip. So girl's trips are something that can be super popular among friends. And for me, it's me and my two best friends who were my college roommates. So we've known each other for a very long time. Do not say how long. I'm not going to. (laughs) Now, for most girls, they have a tight group of friends. And it could be maybe childhood friends you grew up with. Maybe it's just friends you hang out with on a regular basis. Like maybe it's like the moms in your community. Or it could be, just like in my case, these are my best friends. And usually, a girl's trip is designed as just like a getaway and some female bonding time over a long weekend where there are no spouses, boyfriends, kids, nobody, but just the girls. So tell me how these trips first started. Yeah, so this was an easy one. And it was so fun because this last weekend we were reminiscing on all of our trips. So this is all super fresh in my mind. But for me and my friends, Tiff and Jen, our first one was when Jen was getting married in Idaho. Tiff and I were down living in Utah. And She's getting married up in Idaho, so we're just like, well, let's road trip it up there and help her. Of course we would, right? And so we consider that our first trip because we all spent time together, just the three of us, a couple of days leading up into her wedding, and that became what we consider our very first girls' trip. So I know just a minute ago I said, don't tell everybody how long it was since you were in college, but this next, but this next question is going to kind of give it away. How many years have you been doing these? This year was our 26th trip. 
We go once a year and we have never missed a year since we started doing them back in 96. And the trips usually have been a four day, three night trip. So not super long. And most of the time it's been over the weekends because they eventually had kids and it was easier for their husbands to watch the kids on the weekends and not have to take off work. And you know, people are so amazed when I tell them that we actually have done one every year for that long. And I get that question all the time. There's like, how do you do it? Well, I remember we had first started dating again back in 05. And within a month or two of us starting to date, you went on a girl's trip. And I remember that even when you were gone, you and I were on the phone probably more than they wanted you to be. I know, right? And that one, we were on the West Coast for that. And so you would call like super early in the morning. And I remember I'd go out in the hall. And I think it was that trip was really only a couple of weeks after you had come out to see me in Utah. So it was still all fresh. And that was actually our first day, me flying out to take you skiing. So who does pick the destination each year? So we didn't really have a plan in the beginning on who would pick. It started out with Jen's wedding. That was kind of self-chosen. And then the next year, it ended up being a natural plan for Jen and I then to go and drive out to Tiff's house in Denver because she had just had her first baby. So we're just like, girls trip. And then after that, we ended up, we went to Jen's home one year in Vegas because one, it just sounded fun. Going to Vegas always is. And then we just slowly started rotating around. And keep in mind that we were pretty much right out of college, just a few years out, and we didn't have the same travel budgets that we had today. So we were on the, what I call the economy plan. So going to each other's homes kind of made sense because we didn't have to get a hotel. It pretty much was just us hanging out. So budget definitely was a part of it, but we still made it work. And I would say one of our first, if kind of like bigger trips where we really got out of our comfort zone is we went all the way to Rosarita, Mexico. I don't think I would drive down there these days. I would guess <laughs> that's probably a good decision. Yeah, yeah. We actually we drove from Vegas. And then the next kind of bigger one we did was we all went to Washington, D.C., but we did stay with Jen's sister. So, so you, were, you were doing this completely on a low budget, I would almost say um, a college backpacker type budget. <laughs> it really was. It really was. Even though you're out of college at that point. Exactly. And so after that, how did you start deciding where to go? Because these are these were clearly the early budget trips, but I know they're not as much to that now. So how do you decide now? Right. So after probably about the first five years, we started getting into the pattern where one person would pick what we call their year. So it would be like maybe it was Jen's year. And then we would just rotate between the three of us who was in charge. So whoever's year it was, they would get to decide and then pick where we would stay and come up with just some general plans. Nothing too intense, but it's like, okay, we're going to go to San Francisco and here's the hotel we're going to stay at. And some years though, they had newborn babies or smaller children. So we did have to work around some schedules. Like one year, I know we went to St. Louis specifically so that Tiff's mom could babysit for their kids. Are there certain traditions or things that you like must do's each year you do this? Great question. So in the first eight years or so, we actually would spend time on our girls trip being crafty. We were totally into making these handmade cards with stamps and stuff and decorating. And we would spend hours just sitting there chatting and making cards. And that was kind of like the main thing that we would do on these girls trips. And we started that when we did our second girls trip to Jen's house. And again, it was really trendy back then. But then once we did what I consider our first really big trip, we stopped doing the cards completely. We all kind of joke about that. 
But really, I would say the biggest tradition is that we just go on a girls' trip every year. So where have you been and what have been, let's say, your favorite places? So we have been to over 20 different cities, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. And the only repeats have really been Denver. And I would say that's based on Tiff having babies. And then last year, COVID kind of made that choice for us because ironically, even though my friends did not grow up in Denver where I did, both of them now live miles away from where I grew up in Denver. And it just made sense to go there last year. And then we did do Vegas a couple of times. But that one's always fun. Jen lived and worked there for a while. So I remember one year she got us like some really cool tickets to like Rita Redner, like the comedy show and she had like the insight. So that was fun. I remember when you and I went to Vegas, when Jen was living there, we went and hung out with her and her husband, Ben. That was fun. Yeah. It's, you know, that's been one of the fun things. All these places we've gone is I get to go and experience it one way and then you and I can go and I can show you some of the places that I've learned about. My definite favorites, though, are what I consider true getaways. And we were talking this past weekend about some of the places that we like and the ones we'd like to go back to because, you know, we've gone a lot of places. We try to move around and not just go to each other's homes. We're done with that. So San Francisco, definitely. And that was the year that I met you back in 05. New York, so much to see and do there. And that is a great girls trip. My friend Tiff, she has some friends who they do a girls trip every year. And specifically, they go to New York every single year to hit a bunch of Broadway shows. So there's another idea. But we've been to other places like Savannah, Georgia, Seattle, Chicago, Loved San Diego on this past trip. Boston was really fun, and so was Nashville. Portland was a surprise to me. This is not a place that I would have picked. And we had a great time and saw some really, really beautiful places. But again, that's what's part of the girls' trip fun, is it doesn't have to be a fancy weekend filled with spa treatments, bottles of champagne, or something like you'd see on the Housewives of Orange County. Our trips are pretty chill. So we can call these kind of the housewives of BYU. (laughs) No, not even that. I think that we kind of do our own. I mean, so what exactly do you do while you're on these trips? Yeah, so we like to be very, very chill. We find really great places to eat. So food is definitely a big part of it. We usually will take in a historical site or two. If there's a hop on hop off tour in the right cities, we will purchase those bus tickets like we've done that for a few of the cities. Uh, We usually eat more and more. Everything's kind of built around food. Museums are almost always on the list. We actually have grown to the stage where we like going to museums. And if there's beach in that area, or if there's like water, like in Seattle, we did this little boat tour, went through the locks, all the floating houses. We love doing that kind of stuff. And overall, we just enjoy learning about the city we're in, the history, a little bit about the culture behind it. But most of all, just enjoying each other's companies as we experience all these new places we're checking out and literally just taking a break from life, which isn't that what vacations are for. I think it is. And I always know you you come back kind of refreshed and energized. Now, what has been the least favorite of these trips? You know, all of them to me have been pretty great, but there is one I probably would definitely not go back to, and that is San Antonio, Texas. I personally was really excited for the Riverwalk area. And in fact, this was my year that I chose San Antonio because I'd heard so many great things about it. And I was like, ah, I want to go there. This sounds great. We'll see the Alamo, which was cool. But there wasn't much else to discover. And I was so disappointed that on the Riverwalk, it was all chain restaurants. I'm like, I can get these pretty much in any city. So San Antonio was kind of a letdown. No offense to our listeners in San Antonio. Oh, or if you know people have family there or you're from there. I did have some good Mexican food, though. 
one memorable meal. How do you actually plan what you're going to do in each of these cities? Our strategy is going to stress out those of you who are hyper planners, but we show up with literally no plan. If someone feels really strong about seeing something or trying a restaurant, then we just put it on the list. Like usually that first night, we're like, okay, so what do you guys want to do tomorrow? We don't even go past the next day. So Jen is super great at finding all these great dining options. Like she usually comes with a list of places that she's got recommendations from or things that she may have seen on TV. So when it comes to dining, she'll always have some. And Tiff, she is a planner by nature. She likes to, you know, have a plan. So like on this last trip, she just had some places of areas that we could visit. And we we really try not to over plan though. And just we're going to be flexible during our trip. And I think it's really nice because we are all so different and yet the same. So it works for us as a girls group. But if you have somebody who's a hyper planner and is going to want to control the whole thing, your trips may not be the same. And of course, everyone's different. But how do you and your friends, how are you different? Yeah, so Tiff is a mom to four kids and she is a part-time math teacher. Jen is a mom to two and she is a full-time corporate executive. And then I plan vacations for a living and I help run our travel agency. So for all of us, not having to plan anything is so great because basically we describe it like this. We're not responsible for anybody on our trip, just ourselves. And it's kind of nice. And how far out do you plan these? So the first thing we try to do is agree and set some preliminary dates. So we'll come up, somebody will usually say, hey, I'm looking at this weekend, this weekend, which one works best. And some years it definitely is harder than others, but we are determined to make it work. So we do it. And with COVID, it has been a little different. And for this last time, we actually chose this weekend for our trip this year a lot later than we normally would, because one, we didn't know what was going to be open, what was going to be closed. But normally, I'd say six months in advance, if you can do that, and just get it on your calendar and do not make any other plans. So I know as soon as I have this trip on the calendar, and you and I were last minute planners, so we may say, okay, so are we going to go to Disney on this weekend? If I have a girls weekend on the books, you know that we can't do anything those days. You're really good about that. Well, that's kind of obvious. We can't do anything those days because you're not here. That's <laughs> but no, the whole you, point you of the girls trip. But you <laughs> never have said, well, can you move your girls trip? You've never said that once we decide on a date. Well, I'm not going to break one of your traditions. I know, Even right? if it was just based on a date, no, pick, pick the week. You know, we're flexible. We can work around it. Yeah. So that is a key though, is you need to make sure your spouse is on board with you doing a girls weekend. What advice would you give other women on the best way to do these types of trips? So if you want to start planning a regular trip with your girlfriends, the first step is you just got to do it and pick a city. Do not overthink the trip and do not think you need to plan every detail. The rotational planning works for us. And then while on the trip, usually the person who is in charge of picking the location that year, they put all the expenses on their credit card. And then at the end, we just add it up and we divide it and it actually works out great. Now we all get our own airfare because that's going to vary depending upon where you're flying from. But once we're on the trip, this makes it so easier than maybe one time somebody's like, okay, well, I'll go ahead and I'll get lunch this day. The next person I'll get dinner. And then you split up checks. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. And that just makes it a little more complicated and awkward. So we've done a little bit of both. And having one person put everything on their credit card and dividing it up works the best. So obviously, it's just the three of you. Is there some kind of magical number you think like, you know, what is too few? What is too many? I do think that there is a magical number. And that is three to four girls. Because when it starts getting too big, it makes coordinating schedules super hard. 
And on one trip, we had met some ladies who were also on a girl's trip. And they also were a group of three. And they said, it's just a magical number. And in their case, they're like, we tried it with four, and it just didn't work. But it also is easier for finding accommodations, because if you have three to four, you can get one room if your budget is lower. And you don't need to worry about getting two rooms, because as soon as you have five, yeah, you're going to be struggling a little bit. And I know that one of the years you guys did an Airbnb. And I said earlier that that'd be an easy way because the COVID restrictions. But is that really a good way? Yeah, so lately, we you know, as we get older, we all like to have a little more of our own space. So that's something that you also want to keep in mind. Like when you're college students, it's like, yeah, we'll all cram in a room that has like, you know, two double size beds, we'll be fine. But as we've gotten older, we like to have a little more space. And so we have tend to book Airbnbs or home rentals in the last few trips. But I remember this one year when Airbnbs were just starting to become like a big deal. And we couldn't find anything in our price range because we don't go over the top for these trips. We did stay in a rental home. And I think it was in Austin, it was a little sketch. And it was it was a little further away. And when the owner says, can you feed this stray cat for us? That was a little awkward. That's a little weird. That was a little weird. Yeah, no, we definitely have had some really fun adventures on our trips. And that's part of the fun, though, is every year now we have jokes about um, Chatty Maddie that was at the border when we were coming back from Rosarita or Chatty Kathy. There was one where we hailed a, a cab when we were over in Sausalito because we didn't realize there would be no cabs once we crossed the Golden Gate Bridge. It's all those memories and those stories that just make us want to keep having these weekends. You know, some have been more adventurous than others, and some have just been very chill. Last year for Denver, we couldn't get any reservations. There was nothing to do. It was freezing. And so we literally were in the room and we were watching 90210 reruns on the laptop. That sounds terrible. And exciting. it was so much fun. We had a great time. So that's just part of, you know, you build these traditions and you just got to keep doing them. And, you know, don't let yourself stop you if you really want to give this a shot. You just got to make it happen. Overall, these are great tips and ideas. If you do need to plan a girls' trip, reach out to us. And I will say specifically Carrie, because I'll let her do that. And she can help you with some great ideas and help you coordinate everything. Yeah. And it's super fun. And after you go just a few years in a row, it is going to be one of the highlights that you can look forward to each year because I know I do. Thank you again for joining us this week. And here's one of our our favorite sayings that is from St. Augustine. The world is a book and those that don't travel read only a page. Let's start turning some pages by at least getting a trip or two on the books for you, and maybe one with your girlfriends.